0: The following message is from God's Word, taught during a time of corporate worship at Bridge Baptist Church. If you would like more information, feel free to contact us or look us up on the web at www.bridgebaptistchurch.com. We want to thank you for joining us during this time of study from God's Word. Take a moment in prayer now and ask God to open your mind and prepare your heart to hear His Word. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so persecuted. Commonly referred to as the Sermon on the Mount, the chapters that are going to follow, chapters 89, are going to be a, 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 a sort of a, a, as a literary device, it's a section of a material that Matthew's put together that describes Jesus' supernatural ability. Now, his teaching is pretty powerful. The Sermon on the Mount is pretty, pretty powerful. He, in the Sermon on the Mount, equates his teaching on the same level as Scripture. And he backs it up in the chapters that follow by performing miracles that only someone from God can perform. Here in Matthew chapter 5, he begins, he said, it says in verse 2, he opens his mouth and he teaches them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Already we can tell that people who follow Jesus are fundamentally different than the world. They are fundamentally different than the people who live in this world. Poor in spirit? No way. I can rise up by my own food straps. I can pull myself up by my own shoelaces. I'm not poor in spirit. I can go. I can achieve. I am all that I need to succeed. Mourn? No, no. I'm going to take everything that I have and exert it to the most of my ability to bring me happiness. I'm not going to mourn be married for tomorrow we shall die. That's the teaching, that's the philosophy of the world. And just with the first two Beatitudes, Jesus' teaching is such that you've really got to make a choice here. If you're going to follow Christ, if you're going to be a Christian, if you're going to follow Jesus, your perspective has to be radically different, separated from what it was in the world. There's no way that you can be blessed. There's no way that you can have God's blessing in your life so long as... You adhere to the world's philosophies, the world system of entertainment, you know, making yourselves happy, pursuing pleasure, all of these types of things. And in and the first beatitude, we already saw, no, like there's no way that you can become a follower of Jesus Christ, a Christian, you can become a disciple, and continue to still have this sort of rely on myself, pull up my myself by my own bootstraps mentality. And it's no different when we come here to verse number to verse number five. Blessed are the now that's an interesting word, meek. If you hear that word and you're thinking about this word, if you've never really pondered it, you know it might be kind of an interesting word. You're not sure what it really means, meek. You may be thinking it has something to do with humility, something to do with, you know, sort of a soft-spoken kind of guy, somebody who's, uh, you know, not real assertive or not real aggressive, somebody that you know you just kind of push them around and you just kind of tell them what they can do. Uh, I'm not endorsing this movie by any means, but a number of years ago, there was a movie that came out that was called Office Space. There was a group of guys, and they're working in this office in this building, and they were basically just pushed around all the time. You're gonna come in for work this week. Uh, you know, and then they, of course they would do it, they would come in to work, and of course they hated it, and then at one point they just this one guy in particular snapped and you know they took the fax machine out to the field. And all this kind of thing. And it was kind of complicated, but it wasn't necessarily appropriate, and I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for, you know, for, for <laughs> people to se. Um, but that's more or less the world's idea of meekness. I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. You may not like it, but you're going to do it because I told you to do it. And, you know, because you want to go along and get along, you're not going to raise the fuss over it. That's sort of the world's perspective of meekness. Christ's teaching here is blessed are the meek. This word here, meek, comes from the the Greek word pravtes. And I I gotta tell you, in my studies this week, you asked the guys and staff, I mean, I was back and forth trying to understand what this word meant. I was looking at it in every way that it's used in the entire Greek New Testament, Septuagint, the Old Testament Greek translation, I was looking at pr- the the Septuagint, looking at every verse that utilized it there, the Septuagint, and it seemed to have this idea of humility. And just as often as it was translated meek, it was also translated humility. So that was kind of puzzling again The question became, what is the real difference between humility and meek? Humility is a self-assessment of yourself. What is that? In which you look at yourself from God. You don't think more of yourself than you ought to. You're not proud. Okay? That's humility. Now, meekness would be the outward manifestation. Meekness would be how you treat other people. So, you're humble, then on the outside you're meek. And if you're not humble on the inside, then you can tell whether or not a person is humble based upon whether or not on the outside they're meek. Meekness is the opposite Talk bad at him. or seven times now, and you're like, okay, we get it, what's your point? What's up with the Cushite woman? <laughs> like, why are we all against the Cushite woman? It's interesting, Israel has been called to leave Egypt, they've been called to go out, God goes to Pharaoh, he says, let my people go, they may come out, they may serve me. So already you sense within Israel, and particularly here with Aaron and, and Miriam, that there's this sort of sense of entitlement, like, we're the chosen people, we're the we're supposed to worship God. And you know, it hasn't come yet, but you know in Deuteronomy, there's going to be specific laws that are laid down in terms of marriage laws, in terms of who you can marry, God's going to want the Israelite people to marry fellow Israelites. So here they are, they've come out of Egypt, they know they're the chosen people, and Moses is married to woman. And so you sense that kind of essence of, almost racism is already beginning. So they start to grind and complain and slander about slander Moses because he married Lucia. And it says here, verse 2, they didn't like his choice of bride. And so they begin to question Moses' spiritual leadership. Verse 2, and they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken not spoken to us also. And so because Miriam and Aaron didn't like the fact that Moses married a Cushite woman, that dislike for his choice of marrying this Cushite woman bled over... the Moses God is going to justify me. Now, just think about that statement for a second. I am meek. Meekness is waiting for God to justify you, so I know God is going to justify me. How does meekness lead to a lack of humility? That's what effectively a number of people come to this pastor and say, "Look." So, basically, the meekness is God's going to vindicate you. So, don't you worry. Don't you worry about all these people who are questioning you and challenging you and, you know, really wondering about your character or if you really ought to be doing what you're doing right now. Don't worry about all that because God is going to vindicate you. So, rather than taking the criticism seriously, you just kind of dismiss it and say, yes, these are obviously people who are, you know, against me. They're obviously living in sin. And... I don't need to worry about these people and what their opinion is. God is going to justify me and He's going to vindicate me. That is not what this passage is saying. Moses marries a Cushite woman. Miriam and Aaron criticize him. And that criticism of his marrying a Cushite woman leads to them basically saying we don't trust His... that situation with the understanding, in any regard, that hey, it's okay. I'm just going to ignore them. I'm going to ignore the criticism of me because really, I'm, you know, I'm the Lord's anointed. I'm all that. You know, I'm awesome. And so I'm just going to go on and pretend like these people don't exist. What the passage is saying is that he heard that, he processed that, and he didn't go back against them, He didn't kind of, you know, argue with them or he didn't kind of fight with them. He kind of just processed it. He heard it. He's humble. up and he justifies Moses because Moses is his leader. It's not, I know that I'm a big man so God will justify me. It's I'm hearing the criticism. I'm hearing what they're saying. I'm processing all that. I'm taking all of that in. And then you're waiting for God's verdict. A big man is a person who does not presume to say, no, 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 there's no problem with me. I'm fine. You're the ones with the problem. And I'm going to go on and I'll keep doing what I'm doing. A meek man is a person who does not immediately dismiss other people's criticisms or what other people are saying about it. A meek man is a person who processes it, who hears it, who listens to it. And it's not that he's a pushover. It's not that he just accepts carte blanche, anything, any criticism, or any mild rebuke that anybody gives him. But it's a person who listens, who processes, who understands it, thinks about it, takes it before the Lord... And looks for whether or not it's true. I want you to go with me. I I didn't mention this verse earlier. But I want you to go with me to Psalm 37. I want you to see something. When Jesus is talking in Matthew. He says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. In Psalm 37. Go over there. And. A lot of scholars will say that what Jesus is doing is he's quoting from Psalm 37, specifically verse 11. If you look at Psalm 37, 11, I mean this is almost word for word what Jesus is saying. He says, blessed, I'm sorry, verse 11, but the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in the peace. Now if you jump back to verse 9, verse 11 says the meek shall inherit the land, look at this verse 9, it says those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. So we have two groups of people here who are promised the inheritance of the land group number one is the meek, that's verse 11, you jump back to verse number 9, and verse number 9, the people who inherit the land are people who wait for the Lord, in other words, Miriam and Aaron, they begin to criticize Moses, Moses doesn't have a proud heart, Moses doesn't say, okay, well, these guys are. God says, no, you guys are wrong for criticizing him. This is my guy. This is who I want leading my church. When we consider meekness, if somehow we get to this understanding of meekness is where we say we're meek, and then we completely disregard what everyone else is saying, then that's arrogance. That's pride. An outward behavior towards people cannot be described as meek. That outward behavior does not reflect an inner heart condition of humility, such as you see yourself before God as you truly are a beggar, impoverished in spirit, blessed are the poor in spirit, and warning over the fact that you're sinful, that you've done stuff to cause God to leave you, you have left the presence of God by your behavior. When you see yourself that way, You want to see yourself as, you want to become a meek person. That's what the outward effect should be. see that I'm blind, he's saying this to Ken, who is also himself blind. Now, if that were me, I'd say, you think you're blind, I'm blind too, you know, I'd begin to say, look, I'm sorry, but chill out, because I couldn't see where I was going, I'm trying to get to class on time. I'm sure most of you would be tempted to be that way too, just relax, buddy, hey, we're all blind, I'm blind, you're blind, great, congratulations, you know, you're special, just like me, we're both blind response was I'm sorry sorry, I didn't see you. No elaborate explanation of how he's blind as well. No need to vindicate himself. No need to justify himself. No need to assert his personal rights as a blind person. I know who I am before God. I am the same Discussion is focusing on a particular characteristic or character trait. Can you acknowledge I lack? Necessarily agree with them over. I mean, they're criticizing and marrying this crucifix. But he doesn't respond to them the way that we respond. And I'm just telling you right here, right now. If you've ever said in the life of your childhood, saying, "Yes, I'm sinful," and the guy next to you was like, "Well, you, yeah, yeah, you kind of," and then you begin to kind of tense up and get that kind of that fight sensation in you, then you, just like me. I'm me too, okay? I'm not like pointing fingers out of here too, but I'm pointing everywhere, really, at me and you and everyone in between. You need to work on meekness. You need to work on meekness. And this is really what it stems from. In the garden, Adam they're called to rule the world. Like that's awesome. We're here to govern, it, go forth, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it a utopia, a paradise, a wonderful, amazing place. All we gotta do is enjoy it. Oh, and just stay away from that one tree over there, and it'll be fine. Okay, no worries. I got the whole world. I can say no to this tree. No big deal, right? All you have to do is go out, fill the earth, multiply, be fruitful, so do the earth. Because you're creating the image of God. You're not broken. You're not simple. You are created in His image. You are like him, not exactly like him but similar to him and you are to reflect his glory and his rule and his dominion into the world around you. Along comes the sake he says, you know, God's He's meant to reflect the image of God, but he fails. By his good conduct, look at this. Let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. So there's an element of wisdom in meekness. There's an element of meekness in wisdom. Take a step further. But you have, in verse 14, he says, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. Now look at this, verse 17. Now I'm going to tell you right now, what verse 17 is going to describe is the textbook definition of meekness. So it says in verse 17: the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good news, impartial and sincere. Notice the beginning of the phrase it says, the wisdom from above is. Wisdom is Did you get that? It describes, that is the textbook definition of meekness. And it says, wisdom is meekness. So in other words, if you're not meek, then you're not wise. Pride goes before the fall. And meekness comes before. good us. he is going We hope that you've been challenged and encouraged by God during our time together in the scriptures. While it is our purpose to provide sound biblical teaching to all who are interested, our prayer is that you would be involved in a local church of your own, because true spiritual growth cannot occur apart from the fellowship of the church. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next time at
1: Bridge Baptist Church.